Bigelow, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Bold Movement Podcast. I am your host, Megan Rawlings. We are so excited you have tuned in to listen. And since you're here, we ask that you go ahead and check us out at www.thebowmovement.com. Do us a favor and sign up for our newsletter while you're on our website. This will give you a chance to be the first to hear of new blog posts, podcasts, and Bible studies. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Without further delay, let's begin the discussion of Gospel of Mark, Chapter 2. Now, ladies, before we begin, we want to let you know that if you have not yet heard our previous podcasts on the Gospel of Mark, we highly recommend you go back and listen to them in order. This helps with understanding his message in a better context and helps put today's lesson in a bit more of perspective. Last week, we learned about what Jesus' ministry was trying to say. This week, we're going to look at Jesus and his announcement of being God. Let's go ahead and get started by beginning at the first verse of Mark chapter 2. And when Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. Something interesting about many gathered together. Throughout Mark, we never hear of these crowds coming to faith in Christ. They listen to his teachings, they're in all of his miracles, but Mark never ever discusses their repentance and acceptance of Christ as Savior. Throughout this gospel, they're also seen as obstructing access to Jesus. And Mark, these crowds are not a measure of success for Christ's ministry. These crowds are surrounding him for healing and for favors that he could do for them, such as feeding them. And he does it because he has compassion on them and because he loves them. They either do not care who he is, they don't understand who he is, or they're in direct opposition to Jesus. Successfully serving God is not based on number. It is solely based on the commitment to him and his mission of expanding his kingdom. So if you're in a ministry right now and it doesn't necessarily feel like you are successful compared to what the world holds you accountable to, just remember that is not what Jesus measures our success on. Our success is measured on Have you invested in people? Have you loved people? Have you presented the gospel? And are you leading people to Christ, impacting his kingdom in mighty ways? Let's go on with verse 3. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. A couple things here. First of all, the houses in Capernaum are actually pretty small. They're fairly tiny. So five people would comfortably fit in the main room. But this this is kind of a mass masses coming to him at this point. And it says that there were so many people there that they weren't even able to get into the front door. Even the front door was crowded. So I want you all to keep in mind, in ancient Israel, roofs were flat. 
and there were frequently access to them via stairs from the outside. Sometimes people would sleep on the roofs. Sometimes they would do their work there. This means that these roofs were strong and durable, not flimsy even in the slightest. For these men to cut a hole in the roof was a serious construction project and goes to show the extent they were willing to go to get their friend healed. Let's keep going on. Verse 5, and when Jesus saw their faith, note here that this is not a verbal confirmation of their faith, but actions of them carrying it out. Their actions spoke louder than their words. They knew if they could get this guy to Jesus, he would heal them. I don't know if they knew this next part, though. It's kind of shocking. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Okay. Many scholars, such as R.T. Francis and J.R. Edwards, believe that this man's paralysis is directly related to his sin. They believe this because of the way that the Greek has worded this. When Jesus forgives him of his sins, he's automatically healed. Other scholars, such as N.T. Wright, however, say that this is all a foreshadowing of the new heavens and new earth where there is no illness and there is no sin. Why don't you guys let us know which idea you think it is, which scholars you're supporting, and shoot us an email and let us know at info at thebowlmovement.com. We would love to hear from you and just see what your thoughts are about that. Let's keep going. Verse 6. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? If you guys remember, last week we talked about how scribes were essentially seen as theologians in their day. You can imagine their anger when Jesus did what is reserved strictly for God, and that is forgive people of their sins. Man is not someone that can forgive the sins of man. That has to be something that God does. So when Jesus is forgiving them of their sins, he is claiming deity. Verse 8, And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? So here, not only did Jesus know the sins of the paralytic earlier, but he also knows the thoughts of the scribes. This is absolutely once again confirming his divinity, as if forgiving sins wasn't enough. Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. So here, Christ is saying, just so you know that I have this authority to forgive you and that I am God, go ahead and rise up. Go ahead. You're healed. You're no longer paralyzed because I need to give you a physical healing so that you understand I am capable of the spiritual healing. You see that there? Let's go ahead to verse 12. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We're praying for you, and we hope we have helped you understand a little bit more about the Gospel of Mark, a little bit more about this part of 
Jesus ministry and just a little bit more about how to study your Bible. We'll see you next week. Hang in there. Go out and spread the gospel.